Yeah, and I didn't even need to go downtown. It was a jawless victory. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> I love all these fake jokes. Oh, I'm in a dry spell. <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, welcome back to Screen Fix. Been a little while since we've had an episode. That's just because, you know, life, pandemic, vaccines, people putting gasoline in plastic bags. It's quite an interesting time. But you know what? We're back. I am host, JC, with me, taking up co-hosting duties tonight, my or geek fluent girl. Why don't you say hi to everybody? Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It has been a while. How have you been uh, holding up uh, during the old Coco? The Coco? Oh, that's that's a cute way to call it. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Just been working. Uh, my boyfriend and I bought a house doing like all like Ooh, all the home domestic. repairs. Yes. That Geico commercial oh. turning into your parents. Yes, that's happening. You're turning into your parents. <laughs> what is one thing that has happened that you've been like, oh my God, parents? Being excited about like okay. buying backyard furniture patio furniture yeah <laughs> patio what hey that's an underrated item of the home i feel like is that back patio furniture that's where you have your your weekend bloody mary where you go outside you sit on your backyard patio furniture you have your bloody mary and then you're asleep by 2 p.m then you randomly wake up in a panic at 8 p.m and uh basically have a glass of water watch a tv show and go back to bed that's sunday <laughs> yep wild night <laughs> We have a special guest with us today. We are so excited to have this person. He is a major radio personality. Real Talk Raph from Sirius XM Radio. Why don't you say hi to everybody and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you come from, what you're doing, where people can find you. Tell us all that good stuff. That's quite the illustrious introduction. I don't know if I would call myself, what word did you use? Adjective? A major, major, major radio personality. Uh, legend in my own mind, if, as they would say. I'm not sure that you could go much more major than that. But yes, absolutely. If you like sports, uh, you can hear me on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio weekday mornings uh my radio show roto baller radio is there uh six to seven a.m eastern and a lot of other times as well sometimes on the weekend so we're doing our thing that's right and we have you here for a special sports related episode <laughs> <laughs> people are like this is tuning out <laughs> this is a tournament death tournament a an absolutely realistic uh sports tournament pitting the the greatest athletes of uh, Earth Realm against the greatest athletes of Outworld. <laughs> Continuing the saga of fatalities. Fatality. A movie based upon a video game. The video game that earned us the ESRB rating, by the way. You know, that uh, rated E for everyone and all that stuff. The video game of this film is what made that necessary because it was bloody, it was disgusting. <laughs> Beautiful. It drove parents crazy. Basically what this film is going to do also, we're talking about Mortal Kombat 2021. First learned about this seven years ago. On a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target has superhuman abilities. the same marking you do Cole it's a birthmark what do you mean he was born with it it's not a birthmark Cole it means you've been chosen throughout history different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions 
that dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known as Mortal Kombat. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Name's Jax. Kung Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. No matter how many of my people you put in the ground, we will not fail. Kill them. I didn't realize this was uh, uh, that was actually the game that created that necessity. Was it like pulling people's skulls out with blood dripping down the spinal cord? Was it too gory for the parents? They they had enough with that. You think? Probably the uppercuts and like the blood fountain, just you know spewing. <laughs> Did your mother love it? Was your mother like, "Oh, Raffy, why don't... don't you play some more of that game where they fall on the spikes?" Slightly more accented, like. What is this game over there? All this blood spitting everywhere? Something like that. Uh, Your mom was Mrs. Doubtfire. With like a slightly Middle Eastern accent, yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's the best I got. But I didn't know that about the game. Interesting. like that tidbit. This game was the one. The one that made it necessary. The game series started in 1992. This game, of course, took kind of a different approach to things. The characters in it seemed kind of like really realistic. They looked like real people. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. because they, they digitized real actors that were playing these these roles. So like it kind of made the, the fatalities even worse because it's not like Mario from Super Mario Brothers getting his head ripped off. It was like an actual human being looking like he's getting his head ripped off or his body impaled in spikes or his head ripped off with his spine out and all this kind of crazy stuff so like it just made it a little more realistic a little more you know hard edge and actually here's some facts Uh, midway was actually approached to make an adaptation of the 1992 movie universal soldier with jean-claude van damme and they wanted to feature a digitized version of jean-claude that ended up falling through and actually, the character of Johnny Cage is a nod to Jean-Claude Van Damme, like a martial arts Who knew that? A- actor oh, okay. who's kind of in shitty action movies. You know, stretching is so important. For example, because of my big legs and karate, I can do the splits no problem. <laughs> that same kind of guy who is a martial arts artist who also was working in the film business. Johnny Cage was a spoof on Jean-Claude Van Damme. The game doesn't have a, you know, complicated lore uh, at all. Um, you see, there's the one being who lives by he made the Kamadobu to kill the one what being. What that does is split the one uh, being into 18 uh, realms, but uh, the, there are six realms that were mostly dealing with. Netherworld 
Order Realm, Chaos Realm, and, forever, uh, and um, put himself in Onaga, an the Dragon King, who wasn't satisfied with ruling out. Oh, wait, there's also a prophecy, the prophecy of Arm Armageddon, Captain where Mortal Kombat warriors they, need to because be they could destroy like the universe. The God they Dealia making the fire uh, of course, Elder God didn't like that, but instead, becomes the goddamn keeper of time huh wow i had no idea it was such a tragedy amazing <laughs> shakespeare yes. it's shakespeare really yes. it's digital shakespeare <clears throat> so anyway this film though what i want to ask you all is what is your relationship with this source material when you were young did you play mortal combat i'm gonna let you go first my the geek fluent girl Get <laughs> yeah, I played it. I played with my cousins. And honestly, I remember like feeling so out of it. It's just because I wasn't really like that much into video games at first. And then I literally had to ask like my six year old cousin like to be like, Oh, so how do you do that fatality again? And I was like, like, you know, like putting like BA what doing all the combos. And then I was just like, Oh, and I just like ripped your spine out. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> So then that unlocked the beast within you. And next thing you knew, you were burning ants outside. <laughs> you were pulling the legs off of lizards. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And always a button pusher, like to this day of being like, OK, let me just see what cool stuff I can do and like flip around and like drop lead. Funny thing about that. There's a scene in the movie where uh, Liu Kang is trying to train Kano and he just keeps sweeping yes, his legs. That's the best And I one. was like, yeah. <laughs> That is actually the move uh, of the button masher. That's a button yep. masher's best friend. In fact, I know that there are players, like longtime players of the game, who hate the sweep the leg because the way that you can time it is it's a move that if you're really good at just sweeping the legs, you can beat someone by just sweeping their legs, and it's this ridiculous like flaw in the game. Flawless victory. And that was a subtle nod to it, which is pretty funny. So, Real talk, Raph, was this a game that you played in your underwear, however you played games when you were young, maybe just a tank top with the porky pig? on the bottom in the dark with your tv on mom outside watching her late night shows didn't know that you were awake you could maybe get in trouble there you were little raf tell us all about it i feel like i actually was probably not in my drawers the first time i played this video game because i think it was at like a little video store somewhere in queens new york where like they had those arcade machines and there's probably like a line of kids waiting to play because it was all the rage but i do yeah. feel like i also played the the in-home versions at some point but that little cheat that you were talking about with the leg sweep like you could straight up you could get into a fight with someone if you started <laughs> with that nonsense on the public uh, you know in public and like you know people's quarters were on on the line there and you're just hanging out just taking quarters so Gotta watch out with those. In some mall, in some skating rink, <laughs> in some standalone arcade, you were lining up and playing Mortal Kombat. Your mom didn't know that you were playing that, that, that violent game. She thought you were just at the mall buying some socks or something. But no, you saved your quarters and you were ripping out spines. Exactly. Yep. Well said. Yep. They figured out that the best way to get you to keep pumping quarters into a game was to make it bloody as shit. <laughs> yep. That too. That too. <laughs> So for me, Mortal Kombat, like I, even when I was young, I wasn't a big Mortal Kombat gamer. Like Raphael was saying, I saw it definitely in arcades a ton. There was always kids playing it. I had friends that had it, so I would obviously play it when I would go to their house and stuff for uh, sleepovers. 
even the one where I woke up and my underwear was on backwards. You know who you are. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Called out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. T- tweet at JC. Tweet. You, hear, you, hear that? you hear this? <laughs> you got some explaining to do. You know, uh, continuing on this movie, this installment. There was the 1995 version of this movie, the first one that came out. It had mixed reviews from critics, but it was a success. It grossed uh, $70 million in the U.S. and $122 million worldwide, and this was in 1995, so that was good numbers. That was before everything was making $400 million to a billion because China and because of foreign box office. So $122 was really good, and the movie starred Robin Shao, Lyndon Ashby, Carrie, Hiroyuki, Tagawa, Bridget Wilson, who... <laughs> played Sonia, uh, but she also played the teacher slash love interest of Billy Madison in Billy Madison. Oh, Veronica Vaughn. So hot. Want to touch the hiney? <laughs> uh, and it also, as Raiden, it starred Christopher Lambert from Highlander. There can be only one. So we had a weird French guy playing our Asian Raiden. Uh, this was back in the day where you could get a white dude to play Raiden. And at the end of the movie, the ethnic guy ended up with the ethnic girl, and the white guy ended up with the white girl, and everything was all good in the world. Terrible. Yeah, that would not fly now. (laughs) Things have changed. And maybe somebody like Mai, who's Asian, maybe you want the white guy. Maybe you want the Asian guy. Maybe you want the black guy. Now it's all possible for you. Exactly. And Raphael, you could just be a villain in the 90s. That was the only thing open to you. Play the hand you're dealt, sir. (laughs) Listen, I grew up in a time and a place where my parents told me, just do anything the cops say. You don't want to lose your life, okay? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's real talk. Uh, That's literally the advice still today. Some things don't change. So there was a 1995 version. It was actually like director Paul W.S. Anderson's. It was either his first movie or his first big movie. And if you don't go, guys, if you guys don't know who Paul W.S. Anderson is, he's the one who directs all the really shitty action movies with Mila Jovovich, his wife. He's the one who oh, does Resident the Evil. Resident Evil movies. <laughs> yes, he's the one who does the Resident Evil movies. He's God. the one that did Monster Hunter that recently came out with Mila Jovovich. I went uh, to high school with her younger sister, by the way. Shout out. Oh, wow. Yep. Tell us That's more. That's just a random tidbit. She's very shy and introverted. Nice girl. Her sister wasn't that famous at the time. People knew. I think Blue Lagoon maybe was the first one. Return to. She was in Return to Blue Lagoon. And okay, wait, here's another. We might have even seen her breasts at the time in that film, which was awkward as a teenager with then her younger sister and your class. But we didn't talk about it much. You did. Is that going to make the pod that last part? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So a thing about Mila Jovovich is I watched that movie as well. My mother, for some reason, picked up on the fact that I thought she was attractive somehow because this movie was on like like HBO and she would tease me hard. She would like be like, he likes Mila. And I'd be like, no, I don't. Like, I would be so mad. I'd be so, I'd be so upset. I would yell. Nothing like, wrong with that, by oh, the I, way. I know. But at that age, I was still kind of weird about my mom saying like, you like somebody. So I mean, she's always a badass in all her movies. She was a badass. It's true. Do you remember her singing career, her song? I don't know how. Do you I do that? not. Never heard that. But you know it. She was a pop star for a hot second as well. And why do I know this? Because my mom was calling me out on it. I had a crush. This has become the Mila Jovovich edition. (laughs) This has become Mila Fix, where you will get your fix of Mila Weekly. 
back on track. <laughs> then there came the 1997 film Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which just destroyed any goodwill that this series had. It looked like Power Rangers meets Legends of the Hidden Temple. I mean, it was like Kevin Sorbo Hercules level effects. <laughs> it was terrible. 2% on Rotten Tomatoes, deservedly so. It's really wow. bad. So here we go. It's a property that is not going anywhere. There's more than 10 installments of this game. I know there's at least 11. That's the last one I heard of. So now we have this one. It is 2021. And this one is directed by Simon McQuoid. I have no idea. There's too many vowels in this guy's name. He's an Australian filmmaker whose background was in directing commercials. So this is his first major film. This one is starring... Louis Tan as Cole Young, Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade, Josh Lawson as Kano, Totonobu Asano as Lord Raiden, Mekad Brooks as Jax, Ludi Lin as Liu Kang, Chin Han as Shang Tsung, Joe Taslam as Bihan, Hiroyuki Sanada as Hanzo Hasashi. He was also the Yakuza mob guy in the Hawkeye scene, or he was Ronin at the time in um, uh, Avengers Endgame, by the way. Max Huang as Kung Lao. Sissy Stringer as Melina. Matilda Kimber as Emily. Laura Brandt as Allison. And blah, 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 blah. So no big names in this one. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real, though. Kano carries this whole movie for a long time. Yes. I have done a poll that of people says who see the movie and they're like, Kano was great. I was like, there was a whole other movie, guys. Is there anything else you can give no. me? <laughs> so before we start talking about this movie, why don't we go ahead and get some stats? My Geek Fluent Girl, I think you've collected these for us. Why don't you give us our screen fix stats? Okay. So as of yesterday, Mortal Kombat has grossed $38.6 million in the United States and Canada against a budget of $55 million. And actually, in this opening international weekend, the film made $10.7 million from 17 countries, with the largest market being Russia, of all things, $6.1 million. And of course, in its second weekend, the film made $5.7 million from 28 countries. And of course, as we were all talking about, like me and Real Talk Raphael, we saw it on HBO Max because that's the most successful movie that's been launched on that platform. So, you know. Whoa, <laughs> the most successful. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. That's that's surprising because there was Godzilla versus Kong, but the, but people want their Mortal Kombat. Yep. Yep. Actually, maybe Demon Slayer might take it off as this throne, but you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So it's doing well. Hopefully it gets a sequel. That's some of the stats. Keep so going. I'm going to give a quick plot summary. Uh, on this show, we always get our plot summaries from Movie Pooper. Movie pooper, where they wipe away the excess. That's so gross. Let's get the one pinch summary. Here we go. <laughs> the Mortal Kombat tournament is a battle between Earthrealm and Outworld, as the champions of Earthrealm must prevent the evil forces of Outworld from conquering mankind. Struggling MMA fighter Cole Young is found by Jax Briggs after seeing that he bears a dragon mark like others chosen to be Earthrealm's champions. An ice-powered assassin named Sub-Zero, who centuries earlier murdered Cole's ancestor, Hanzo Hasashi. How you go from your ancestor being Hanzo Hasashi to your name's... Cole Young. Like, wh- anyway. And his. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
and his family is out to kill the champions, and he freezes Jax's arms off and leaves him for dead. I find it very ironic that someone whose name is Jax gets his arms busted off. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. If my mom had had that power, she wouldn't find any hard socks. Cole teams up with Jax's partner, Sonya Blade, and a mercenary named Kano to find the Temple of Raiden, where they will train for the tournament. There they are found by Liu Kang, who trains them into unlocking their special powers, or Arcana. Sonya doesn't bear the mark as the others do, so she's not trained like they are. Shang Tsung, leader of the Outworld villains, attempts to attack Raiden's temple to kill the champions, but Raiden puts up a force field around the temple. Shang Tsung later gathers Sub-Zero and other fighters like Melina, Nitara, Reiko, Goro, and Cabal to fight. Cabal convinces Kano to turn on the others and help them attack. In the fight, Liu Kang's cousin, Kung Lao, kills Natara, but Shang Tsung takes Kung Lao's soul. Meanwhile, Cole unlocks his arcana by fighting and killing Goro when he attacked Cole's family before Raiden brings him back to the temple. After Raiden brings the others into the void for, for protection, Cole says that they need to split up to fight the villains. Jax, with his new super strong mechanical arms, fights and kills Reiko, while Sonya fights and kills Kano, inheriting his dragon mark and helping Cole kill Melina. Liu Kang kills Cabal, Joe must fight Sub-Zero after he freezes his wife and daughter, and during the fight, Cole's blood touches Hanzo's kunai. <laughs> <laughs> That's his dagger. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Hanzo's kunai just sounds a little yeah. suspect. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Which helps bring Hanzo's soul back to hell to come back as Scorpion to battle Sub-Zero after freeing Cole's family. Scorpion uses his power to burn Sub-Zero to death. Shang Tsung reclaims the bodies of his fighters. Before Raiden asks the others to look for more fighters, Cole starts by going to Hollywood to seek out Johnny Cage. So that was the quick and dirty plot summary provided by Movie Pooper. And yep, now that that's out of the way, before we just start fixing and ripping this apart, why don't you say one thing that you liked about Mortal Kombat 2021? Geek fluent girl, my, go ahead. I mean, I feel like a lot of people feel like this. It has such a strong cinematic opening. Like, that's when I first, Ooh, I was... The opening was Yeah, good. I was like, well, being like with that opening, I forgot I was going to be watching a Mortal Kombat movie. It was just kind of reminding me, like, it's going to yeah. be something, like, on the levels of, like, martial arts films like Hero or Crouching, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. You know, something really epic. And then, of course, they had their fight. And you're like, yep, this is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but it, it did. Like, yep. they oh, really yeah. set, like, a really good storyline. It really did set the stage. It had the supernatural stuff, but also it, like, set the level of, like, gore. First bit of, like, gore you see is the sword going into the, the sliding door, and it goes up, and then you see when it gets to about the neck level, the blood just starts spurting mm -hmm. out, and you're like, oh, this is... I forgot that this was rated R. <laughs> I mean, this property, like I said, was responsible for the ESRB rating because it was so violent. It needed an extremely violent rated R adaptation, and that's what we got for once. And I think that's why it's as, as successful as it is, to be honest. And yeah, that opening absolutely set the tone for that. That's, that's, that's a good call. Real Talk Raph, what's one thing that you liked about Mortal Kombat 2021? Actually, you just said it like, I like that it was gory and it was like HD gory, like modern gory, like people getting sawed in half, spoiler alert. Actually, like Sub-Zero too, like I, I thought the CG was quality, like I'm fascinated with how I call it like a Stars and Scrubs production some movies, like they spend a lot on some things, but they don't spend anything on the other. So I just, yeah. I feel like 
sports teams are constructed that ways and apparently uh, movies are built that way too and like that's that's what I felt like here like the CG was amazing with some yeah. things especially with like the freezing and things you know yep. what happens subsequent to things freezing as well so it was very cool absolutely they obviously spent all the money on the CG and the fighting and hired lesser known actors and uh, martial arts stars so like they they saved money that way because they knew that people were coming to see Mortal Kombat. They were not coming to see certain actors. Hey, my man Joe Taslim was in uh, uh, Warrior, which is a great little miniseries there as well. I think on HBO. Joe Max. Taslim is also in uh, The Raid. Uh, I like him actually. I think he's yeah. good martial arts actor. For me, I'll say a couple good things. I actually think that this was a decent movie. I did enjoy it. I thought it had to Raf's point. It had good production design. The movie looked great. It's funny. It has callbacks like dad use your uppercut, the chain getting caught by Sub-Zero, the gnome. Like it had like, you know, elements of like a good screenplay callbacks. Uh, the score was really good. The score absolutely elevated every scene. Uh, Benjamin Walfitch, he composed original scores for Blade Runner 2049, Shazam, It Chapter 2, The Invisible Man. He was nominated for Best uh, Original Score at the Golden Globes for Hidden Figures. Oh, wow. Uh, with all those niceties out of the way, all that BS, <laughs> let's go ahead and what do you guys say we fix this movie? What do you guys say? Let's do, let's it. do it. Yeah. Fix it. Okay. <laughs> My, the Geek Fluent Girl, why don't you give us your first fix for Mortal Kombat 2021? Well, it was really hard. It's like a video game movie. And honestly, yeah. I was just like, well, maybe just not give so much the fan service with the lines. Because I'm sorry. I know I loved it when he said flawless victory. But also, too, it really took me out. So mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, would have been a little <laughs> harder to like kind of mix it a little bit more in the conversation instead of like, flawless victory after like this epic fight so i don't know that was hard it's really hard because you know it's like they, they did all the things that i love like we're talking about like they had like the like the great like sweep of the leg and like uppercuts and like flipping around and they were really true to like how like all the bosses and stuff fight so i feel like i was just kind of being picky there but yeah, well, what was your exact fix uh, my exact fix was maybe like just work in some of those iconic lines like easier or like where it's not so noticeable they used test your might fight fatality kano wins get over here flawless victory like they used all yep, of them they did. in the movie you know i mean when kung lao says flawless victory i mean he did not get hit by that vampire flying true chick. that's true <laughs> And solder yeah. now. It was flawless. Yeah. It was flawless. But uh, that's probably the difference between the theater experience and the at-home experience. It's probably at home you're like, eh. I know that in the theater when somebody, when he said, get over here, my theater clapped. Nice. Clapped and they got excited and they were screaming. Yeah. So those were those like fan service moments. But, you know, like to your point, there probably didn't need to be as many of them, right? Or at least just like integrate them a little bit better. That's all. Gotcha. Yeah. Mine was weak. That was a weak fix. I was like, you know, it's, it's Mortal Kombat. 
The bar is already low. Did you want some like new like one-liners? Yeah. They're all hanging out and they're all like drinking, having a good time. They're like, Raiden, why don't you come over and dance with us? And he's like, I only know the electric slide. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, boy. Real talk, Raph, why don't you give us a real fix? What is your first fix for Mortal Kombat? Okay, let's fix something. Here's here's the deal. Uh -oh. I kind of mentioned it before, okay. but like, there's two big fixes for me. The first one is because I had no expectations for this movie being good at acting, mm -hmm. like like zero. Like I expect, I didn't even know like one guy that or gal that I liked uh, in terms of acting would be in this. So I was like, okay, it's gonna be all crap. Then I watched the movie and I realized it's gonna sound weird. They needed more fight scenes. Like they needed more like. Oh trademark fight scenes with trademark character moves right. like there were some but like they were i think holding back a little like i was getting teased by yeah. it and i was like give me a few more fatalities or just show me like you know like you could do special moves with certain characters in the game and i yeah. feel like they tapped into it a few times like throwing the the, the hat and running on that dude's chest yeah. and a few other things you know but there could have been more is what i'm saying maybe they're saving it for the prequel or sequel you've kind of touched on one of the fundamental problems with with the movie is that you know it's a game centered around the mortal Kombat tournament and there's no mortal Kombat tournament yeah that was the yeah, I was like, where's, where's the tournament they kept yeah, talking about no it where's the tournament the world <laughs> <laughs> no but in, instead it's like them training in raiden's temple and then basically the other team trying to come along and tanya harding the other people and take them out before they can actually can before the match win yeah exactly so it's yeah we get no tournament so you know it's just going to be a bunch of scrappy fights in like weird locations instead of the big set pieces they kind of cram them all in into one when cole was like we need to fight them all separate Raiden, send those two here. Send these two here. Send the, and then we get like a massive montage of fights. Budget saving endeavors, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd imagine. Sure. Can I give you my second fix? Now I'm burning to, to tell you. No. I'll wait. Oh I'll my wait. God, I'll wait. dude. <laughs> God, I just want to get it out. Get, uh, I got a hot take pimple I need to pop. Pimple. Oh my God. <laughs> so, JC, we said our fixes. What would you fix? My first fix for Mortal Kombat has to do with everyone's favorite character, Cole. <laughs> Cole is a new character. And I know why they add the new character. And I hate when movies do this. So when movies add a character that's not in the original IP, they think that the IP is too weird and that people not familiar with the IP will need an audience surrogate. And that audience surrogate is like an average person in the audience, bland. They're always boring because they're dropped into a world and they're like, what's going on? What? Whoa, this is weird. What's happening? Somebody explain it to me. They're always the most lame terrible character like nobody likes that fucking Muppet that they added in the Jason Siegel Amy Adams Muppet movie Walter they added like some new Muppet named Walter nobody cares about Walter nobody's there watching the Muppet movie to see Walter just like none of us are watching Mortal Kombat to see Cole Young nobody <laughs> cares about Cole Young we want to see the characters that we grew up with watching in you know the Mortal Kombat games if you're gonna dive in and make Mortal Kombat and make it for people who are interested in Mortal Kombat and and if you're not interested in Mortal Kombat, read a wiki article and then watch Mortal Kombat. But instead, they have to bog down the movie with a boring character who's literally sucking the life out of every scene because he needs to be explained to like a child about what's going on when everybody else who likes Mortal Kombat is going, get to the goddamn tournament, please. <laughs> right? Skip this and include Johnny Cage. Excellent. 
don't have any coal. Just adding coal adds another bland character when there's already a bland character. Sonya Blade is boring as hell. <laughs> Jax is boring as hell. Sonya, Jax, and Cole are the three most boring characters in this movie. Our only cool people are Kano, who carries this movie, mm -hmm. and he flips to the other side. And then our only other interesting good guy was Kung Lao, and he gets his soul sucked out. Yeah. So there's no chemistry there. There's no relationships there. There's no comedy there at all. We need Johnny Cage there because Johnny Cage is Liu Kang's foil. Liu Kang is calm, there for the good of everyone, disciplined, and Johnny Cage is exactly the opposite of that. Arrogant, charismatic, there for maybe the wrong reasons. Just he is the foil of Liu Kang, and that's what makes their relationship what it is in the games. It makes it what it is in the first movie. And I think if you just went Johnny Cage, Sonya, and Liu Kang as your main three, you get rid of Cole, you get a much better mix of main characters that you can like root for. Some of them are a bit flawed and there's a lot more banter to bounce off of each other because right now you've just got four characters that are all just good, morally good characters and that's boring. So what I would do is take out Cole and add Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage yeah. wins. Yeah. Yeah, they built up like the the sequel just on Johnny Cage. So, that's They did, which I think was a, a mistake. I don't like when movies do that when they're like purposely planning for a sequel. I think you make one good movie and you try to throw in everything you can that is good. And Johnny Cage is one of the original characters of this franchise he's one of those popular characters of this franchise he's one of the original good guys of this franchise and i don't believe that you leave him out and instead add cole young who's the asian keanu reeves somehow more of a wooden actor yeah. he Very was stiff. boring that and you could tell they didn't know what to do with him either his superpower is essentially black panther oh hated that They're like the suit that absorbs energy yeah. then he can shoot it back out and then that's not enough they have to give him like the scepter things <laughs> pointy billy clubs on his <laughs> yeah. arms and the thing is there's there's already a, a mortal kombat character with billy clubs striker has the same thing uh -oh. then they also give him that like blade the little gardening blade <laughs> like, yeah how many things are they gonna give this guy like <laughs> they don't know what the hell to do with this dude yeah yeah so that was my uh my fix was have Johnny Cage come up in there with his Hollywood style, with his kale shakes. He <laughs> sleeps with his like oxygen tubes in his nose. He has a skincare regimen. Very debonair. A, a bleached butthole. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. So my geek fluent girl, why don't you give us your second fix? <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Smoothest of transitions ever. <clears throat> Go ahead. I feel like my fix is just similar to yours. It's like I just was missing a character. But again, she's probably going to be in the next one, hopefully. I really want a Katana. And I know they couldn't have Katanas because they had Melina. And we all know, basically, Melina's like a clone of Katana. But I was just what? like, felt she was a, I thought she was always a, a much more fun character to play because, you know, she got like the sweet fans, can draw blood yeah. from your throat. Yeah. So again, like you guys are saying, it's like more, more fatalities. You could have had like some more like villains and stuff, like really just blow up the screen with all the villain fights and like all the fatalities that we grew up playing. So. So why did you want Katana in particular? How was Katana, from a plot standpoint, going to make the movie better? Like, as a villain, so she's the princess, 
right? Like of a, I just like think that she just would be in, like more fun to watch like at a fight. She's the adopted daughter of Shao Kahn. Yes, Shao Kahn. After Shao Kahn killed her father, who was the ruler of Adenia, Shao Kahn took her mother as his wife and adopted her. She's basically the adopted daughter of like the main bad guy, mm-hmm. but she also ends up turning sides and having a relationship with uh, Liu Kang. Got it. So actually, that could have added some extra plot. We had a little bit of a romance switching yeah, sides. Because there was no romance in this. No, no. Adding a little bit of romance in this movie might have been a welcome uh, sight. Uh, Liu Kang is so straight edge, focused, and maybe that little bit of romance is like the one like character, quote unquote, flaw that he, he has. You know? Yeah. Plus, it was rated R. Maybe we can get a little, uh, a little boom boom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look at you. Right in that sand pit. And then like Jack sees and he tries to touch his own wiener and he's like, ow, metal. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know if you'd be squeezing that wiener with a bionic <laughs> arm like that. Make, sh- make sure you have that pressure all calibrated. <laughs> Real talk, Raph, what is your second fix for Mortal Kombat 2021? Wow. I'd be like sounding like I'm, I'm too harsh on the movie do it but, yes, uh, do it <laughs> no honestly it's not it's, it's, not it's like real talk deal. i said it before but like i'll say it in a different way when you know your movie is going to be written like shite and the whole point is that the movie is not supposed to be a romance story by the way i don't agree with you thank god there was no room for a gratuitous romance <laughs> yeah. in this i wanted some rated r sex in this movie okay that's not romance. You just you you want to romance. There needed not to romance. be at least one scene with Prince Goro and four like slave Goro chicks. Imagine, can you imagine what one, two, three, four, twelve arms could do? Oh gosh! <laughs> wow! Mortal Kombat. Oh god! <laughs> I'll never be able to think of this <laughs> movie title again. <laughs> And you better trademark that before someone hears this and starts a whole line of adult films. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Disgusting things I've ever said. All right, continue. (laughs) And I've said disgusting stuff. I guess the expression jump the shark comes Mm -hmm. to mind a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's, you can't say that about this kind of movie because it just already is so ridiculous. So, but since we're nitpicking at potentials of reality that like, Everything is just too abrupt. Like, people just appear places, and they just want you to accept that it's okay. And I'm not talking about the mystical appearing. Yeah. Like, Luke Kang just appears in the desert, like, while they're yeah. just wandering. Oh, guys, let me chaperone you to the mystical <laughs> temple. There's all kinds of other crap that... Every time that happens in any movie, and sometimes it's the most sophisticated of movies, and the minute they try to treat me like a moron, I'm like, ah, damn it caught you and i lost that little bit of respect but in this movie thankfully so as much as i want to fix those little rough like moments like abrupt moments where they're trying to put characters together and move the plot along i also appreciate the fact that this was mortal Kombat, and the one thing i could have done better to fix it is cut all that nonsense out and again just give us more fight scenes yes period that's it more fight scenes you wanted the mortal Kombat tournament didn't you 
Like the whole thing. Like maybe yeah. like 12 to 18 minutes of character development and then everything else is just kill each other with your <laughs> yeah. superpowers. There should be like a fight and then they all meet up at like the post-fight bar where it's off-limits fight but and they have to like share a drink together and shit talk for the next fight. We will prepare for tomorrow's <laughs> battle. But first. <laughs> but first, a mojito. Don't jump the shark on all these mm-hmm. abrupt cutscenes. Cut out the fluff. Gotcha. Cut out the fluff. Get right to it. Give me a tournament. Have them fight, order mojitos, and fight again <laughs> with one epic sex scene in between one of the fights, too. Yes, Mortal oh, Kombat. <laughs> so t- oh, no, it's Exactly. Again. It's catching on. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. What's, what's your last fix, JC? <laughs> Sorry, I just gotta stop putting it all going mute. <laughs> all right, so my last fix, the hero of Mortal Kombat is Liu Kang. It always has been. Liu Kang is the one who wins this tournament over and over and over. He's the hero of this series. And instead of giving him the lead role, they give it to this Cole person. And worse than that, they take the climax of the film away from all of the characters that they're trying to establish. They take it away from Jax. They take it away from Sonya. They they take it away from Cole. They take it away from Liu Kang and give it to Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Get Scorpions have been out of the movie since the very beginning, which is ridiculous. You give the climax of the movie to the characters that you've been developing. I would bring back the actual tournament and have the climax of the movie and the, the movie itself leading to the climax have to do with building relationships, friendships, sacrifice, real relationship building with Kung Lao, his cousin, so that when Kung Lao dies, I feel real emotional weight behind it. They give us no reason why we should care when he dies other than it makes Liu Kang upset. And also, one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when Liu Kang busts out his dragon move. Yeah, that was sweet. That dragon move should have been the climax of that whole movie. I sat there in IMAX, mouth agape. That dragon came out. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. The movie really should have belonged to the hero of the video game, which is Liu Kang. Don't steal the thunder of this movie away from the characters you're trying to develop by putting a fan service fight as the climax. I just think it would have been a much more respectful direction to go with the film than what they did. I mean, honestly, too, isn't it like how the original one was? It was Liu Kang. <laughs> the games are also Liu Kang. Them coming back was fine, but they should have come back and it somehow saves Liu Kang so that Liu Kang can get on to the next final boss fight. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I do say that uh, Liu Kang was the most fun character to play with in the game. The easiest to just kind of beat people up with. You didn't need to know too many special moves quick and fast. So they got the the character pecking order wrong. I kind of agree with you. Like Cole Young was a tough transition in the early part of the movie. I was like, <laughs> who the hell is this guy? And then I, I, I mean, really, you, you nailed that there too. And and it was just also very bad, predictable stuff with him. Like, oh, poor me. I gotta, I'm a bad, I, I, I'm not qualified to save the world. You know, all that crap. And then he has to do it anyway. It's like, that's the part of the movie I could do without, honestly. Liu Kang, let's rebrand. We're trying to fix too many things here. <laughs> we are. Anyway, I thought it was a decent start. 
Uh, I would like them to make another one, regardless of the problems that I would have fixed. If I didn't have any fixes for it, we wouldn't be on a show called Screen Fix. So true. That's real talk. They need like a full, like, you know how they had Wolverine get the spinoff and, you know, there's more character development. You know, that that type of format I'd be interested to see with like a Sub-Zero, for example, in this context. Oh, so we'll you want to see just the Sub-Zero movie, like the Henry Golding Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins movie that we're getting. <laughs> I think the I think yeah. a prequel, yeah, like a like a Sub Zero prequel. Oh, a Sub Zero prequel. Whoa, look at you! When his name is just like Room Temp. <laughs> Luke wow. Warm. Luke Warm. My name is Luke Warm. <laughs> so I think, without further ado, we should consider this movie Screen Fit. Flawless, not quite. Um, so do you have a final thought for Mortal Kombat 2021? Geek Fluent Girl, my, go ahead. Honestly, you hit on head on like how good the soundtrack was. I thought it was really cool. Like they did still pay homage to like the old Mortal Kombat trance theme remix. From the- and it hit at the right time yep. too. Right when Scorpion hit uh, Sub-Zero in the back with the Japanese gardening tool. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Dagger. <laughs> it came in. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. And he's like, get over here. Yeah. And in my crowd, everybody went, woo. And they clapped. And it was a whole thing. <clears throat> uh, Real Talk Raph, do you have a final thought for Mortal Kombat 2021? I do. If you're like me and uh, tend to nod off at times 12 to 15 minutes into some movies and then fear that you may not have the fortitude to revisit them, I urge you to sit yourself down and plow through Mortal Kombat. You will enjoy it at the very end, even as we've fixed it and done our best to correct some aspects. It was entertaining, so I encourage people to view it. Those are my final thoughts. Absolutely. I will go ahead and I will take us home. If you like the show, make sure that you subscribe. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere the podcasts are, we're there. We're even on stuff that I don't even know we're on. I'll Google the show sometimes and be like, oh, really? Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at ScreenFixPod. And uh, we also have a Patreon account, which I have not fixed in a while. The tiers are probably all screwed up. Don't give us any money right now, but you can give us money. I'll work on it this week, I swear, so that you can give us some of your hard-earned cheddar cheese because we're broke. All right, so um, <laughs> why why don't you tell us where we can find you, Geek Fluent Girl. Uh, why don't you plug something? Um, you can just find me on Twitter at Geek Fluent Girl, and you can just see like what I'm thinking about the current movies and TV shows I'm watching. Also, too, like I was really excited to just post and share that Tampa Bay Comic Con is back. Well, maybe you can go as Katana. Yeah, Katana. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe I'll show up as uh, the Christopher Lambert Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> Real Talk Raph, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, where they can get more of that sweet content, sports-related content. I know a lot of people that watch movies, you know, they like sports too. I do. I'm a sports fan and a movie fan. Let everybody know where they can listen to you. Real Talk Raph. Uh, you can catch it on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio or the Sirius XM app. That's where they replay our show. Search for Roto Baller, and you can find me on Twitter at Real Talk Raph, R-A-P-H. That's me. Yeah, reach out to him. Tell him how much his fixes suck. And uh, yeah. And uh, why don't we leave everybody with your best flawless victory? Go ahead, Geek Fluent Curl. Give us your best 
Flawless Victory. Go. Flawless Victory. Oh, that actually <laughs> sounded good. Uh, here we go. Real talk, Raph. Give us your best. Flawless Victory. Flawless Victory. Ooh, I got chills. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was pretty good, too. That was pretty good, too. Here's mine. <clears throat> Flawless Victory. Nice. It was like the video game. Was that one okay? Yeah. That was okay. I like it. (laughs) That's good. Okay. I sounded like the video game. I sound like a lifeless robot. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, tune in next time when we will be fixing another film. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be something. We're back. We're doing it. We're watching movies. We are challenging people's creative decisions that they have fought and scratched for. And we're just sitting here like lazy assholes saying what we would fix. That's what we do here. Screen Fix. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Bye, everybody. I feel like that's how everybody watches stuff now. It's like you watch <laughs> it in pieces while you're doing other stuff. It's like, okay, I'm going to watch a little bit. Then I'm going to go get on the old spin bike. Then I'm going to do a little bit of laundry. Then I'm going to go do a couple dishes. I'm going to order some Uber Eats. I'm going to like express my dog's anal glands. Oh, gosh. <laughs>